Welcome back to Evolving Prisons. I really hope you're enjoying these conversations. I'd really love it if you reached out to me on LinkedIn or at evolvingprisons.com to let me know what you think of the episodes and what else you'd like to hear on them. Today I speak with Arna Nilsson. Arna is from Norway and he is a psychotherapist. He spent time working as a psychotherapist in Bastoy Island Prison in Norway and he spent five years working as the governor there too. He has experience of working as an international advisor for prison services in several countries around the world and he was previously the Deputy Assistant Director General for the Ministry of Police and Justice in Norway. Arna has developed a 12-step principle wheel for how we can transform prisons, which mostly contain static security and an us-versus-them culture, into a dynamic prison which promotes growth and change through building better relations between staff and people in prison. We also speak about Arna's time as a therapist in prison and a governor at Bastoy, when the media asked him if he was running a holiday camp due to the way this prison operates in comparison to most prisons. I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, so first of all, you obviously you were a governor in Bastoy Prison, um, but before that you were a, a psychotherapist in Bastoy, weren't you? Yes, uh, some years earlier, uh, I, I had a period where I worked as a psychotherapist in the health centre. You know, in, in Norway, the uh, health services in prisons are governed by the uh, local authorities, the municipality where the prison is, actually. So I worked there for a, a period. But that was actually at the same time I worked at the Ministry of Justice. So I had just a break, gave me a break to do this uh, job uh, out there on Boston. Perfect. And um, in terms of meeting with prisoners, what roughly what percentage of prisoners would you be meeting with in your, your job as a psychotherapist? All uh, inmates in that particular prison, uh, which is a, a low security prison, but still all the prisoners there have uh, in common that they have committed serious crime, uh, which means that they have a long prison sentence to be in Norway at least. So the, the, the people who came to me of free will, they were not forced in any way to, to, to see the therapists. That was a okay. part of the idea. We would, that was, this was a project. We would like to find out if inmates in the prison have the opportunity to see a psychotherapist, would they make use of that uh, service? Okay. And they, and they did, so my, my days were, were filled up. And the inmates were people who have committed murders, different kind of serious violence, all, all kinds of, of serious crime, actually. Okay, and obviously you, you can't go into detail, but were they discussing their crimes with you or was it more their, maybe their childhood or other things? Mm. Well, uh, another thing which was important for me uh, was to to inform the inmates in the in the prison that uh, they could basically talk about what they wanted wanted to talk about, not being so fixed on their mentally problems, but just be there for them, uh, so they could basically be in charge of what kind of subjects which would come up. So some of them talked about the the crime they have committed because of guilt and, and but also of course because of the punishment which they they was given 
I have worked 25 years as a psychotherapist. I, it's hard to me to find a big difference between the inmates and the people who come to my, my, my office here, uh, except from, of course, the average the inmates had in common that they were, um, but of course I knew their background. Uh, I was not so very interested to read about them before they came to my room, but sometimes, of course, very often I was told by the uh, medical staff or the prison staff that um, so and so, but I was not so interested in that. So I, um, as a psychotherapist, I would work with what popped up there from the patient's point of view. Mm. For me personally, I'm of course, I feel privileged and grateful uh, having that kind of background or experience. I worked a lot in prisons in, in, in more than 40 years in and out in different positions. But to, to have got this experience of being face to face with a group of people in our society, which is so stigmatized. And for me, I, I found that they are as different from one pe one person to another pe person as, as the rest of us are, basically. But of course, as I say, <laughs> there are some certain differences because uh, we know, for instance, that uh, among the prison population in, in my country, uh, the, uh, anyway, uh, there is between 65, 75% of these people are in trouble with um, drugs, okay. alcoholism, uh, various sorts of uh, mental uh, disturbance, and very often a mixture of that. So the degree of that kind of problems are higher among a prison population than the rest of us. But without that, they are like you and me. Me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, go, going back to what you'd said about your CV, yes, your CV is so interesting and you have such a, a wealth of experience in um, the correction space. Obviously, I saw that you were in the Salvation Army, um, that you worked in probation. And then uh, last time we spoke, I remember you saying that you had no intention of becoming, becoming a prison governor, did you? No, 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 that was not on my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely not. No, uh, I uh, actually, my, my, I started my career in, in correction services as a full-time worker, as a chief probation officer, and I enjoyed that very much many years, 10, 10, 11 years. And from uh, there, I worked in the inspectorate within different kind of, of departments uh, and in that way I learned a lot about how prison work or not work uh, in addition to my previous experiences from a visitor into the prison. Uh, so I had no intention of becoming a, a prison officer but after having uh, served uh, in in uh, in another country in, in Georgia in Caucasus uh, as an expert I came back to the uh, ministry and the bureaucracy and I discovered that um, my time was over and I would like to, I, I, I have learned that I, I need to be closer to the group of people we are talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in prisons at all. I'm interested in the people who are packed up there. I discovered that I, the distance uh, to these people was too long and too far for me. So in that way, I, and of course, I, I knew that particular prison Buster, because I had worked there in the health services and um, actually I was asked, invited to, to apply, so I did. 
uh, I have developed, I, I guess. And for me, uh, that that subject is probably for me the most important one. Mm -hmm. mm. I think there are two major missing links in the way the authorities, the government, uh, the, the correctional services um, should look <laughs> a bit more carefully on and the responsibility. I think you are referring to my, my stories about when I, I wanted to meet the inmates who came to into my prison. Uh, and uh, we, we had just a talk together and I, re I, I experienced that they were very frustrated or surprised because they were not used to that kind of, of talks. They, they were not used to meet the governor uh, so soon. So we sat, sat down and talked uh, and he, he told me about his life and what he was in for. I, uh, because that being sent to prison, you have to respect the prison rules and the governor and the officers and the system and the whole system is built on that, you see, yeah. as a, a lot of other institutions in our societies, we, we, we have a strong belief in uh, making people to respect or to, to, to fear the consequences of certain rules, breaking certain rules. And of course, very often that works fine, but for some people it, it doesn't work. And, and one of my explanation for that is that how can I make a person have what we call the respect for a system or for me as a prison governor or as a person, if they don't know anything about what the respect is in the very beginning. I mean, a lot of the people who are going in and out of British Scottish, Norwegian prisons. They have no respect for themselves. Their self self esteem is not there anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, if they have some kind of self esteem is they look at themselves in the mirror and say, I'm a criminal. Yeah, I'm a, excuse me my language, but they in Norway they say oh, I'm just a piece of shit. So the talk uh, we you mentioned is to, to sit down with the inmate and try to tell him that time here in my prison that you will experience to develop respect for yourself. And I can tell you straight away that I will respect you in the same way as I respect my officers because you're a human being. And I've told my officers to do the same. So I will treat you in the same way as I treat my colleagues with respect. Greet, greet you when we meet sit down and talk, have a coffee. My most touching experiences has been when I brought up this kind of subjects in my discussions and meeting with inmates to see their surprise. I, I jump into the last day of their um, imprisonment when a lot of them came to say goodbye and they told me that something has happened with me and I said, why? What, what, what is that? Well, he could say, well, because of the way I have been seen, met and treated by you and your staff, I'm discovered that I'm as much as a human being, a decent person as you are. Amazing. That is one of the few things which seems to work. But one re a reason I cannot really, I have my fantasies, and, and but I wouldn't talk about it. Why uh, societies, why authorities, why governments, politicians don't want to to face the reality and to talk about this kind of subjects. 
And the other thing is responsibility because we talk about responsibility. We, we shall make these criminals responsible for the crime they have committed in the streets of Edinburgh. What is that? Prisons are the closest we can come to a kindergarten because they are not given any kind of responsibilities while they are in prison. It's, it's a mistake. It's a black hole. It's a missing link. So at the same time as you are paid respect, and of course I expect you, when you have discovered respect for yourself, I expect you to respect me and the surroundings. I will also hand over to you responsibility as much as possible for your life during your imprisonment. So all these principles I've, I've talked about, these two are probably the most important. Yes, yeah, so you're talking about the the article that you wrote um, about transforming a static security prison into a dynamic um, organism for growth and change. Um, and it's such a fascinating article. And as you say, that's two of your 12 step principles for how we can transform prisons. And it's interesting because worldwide, Norway is seen as being a country that is very progressive in terms of prisons. It's interesting that you have so much experience in prisons and you think, well, actually, there's still a lot that we're not doing right, that we need to, to get better. Definitely. Everything is not so so good as you think it is. Uh, talking about the prison services, uh, during the last five, five, six, seven years, we have seen uh, 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 very, very disturbing things taking place because of um, how the government, uh, previous government, present government, how they put their priorities. Well, I can easily answer it uh, with with a, with a question which I I didn't want to get when I was interviewed by a lot of these international uh, reporters visiting me. Um, why is it only one person who are trying to practice this in Norway if it works so beautiful? And that's a good question. So even Norwegians, <laughs> even Norwegians. Uh, and so modern as we are, and we like to look at ourselves as uh, missionaries for um, all kind of good news to other countries, peacemakers and so on. And I think we have a lot to offer, but we should look at our own, the, the way we, we, we do these kind of things at home. So unfortunately, instead of developing this kind of um, prisons, as I have tried to describe, uh, Norway is now pulling down a lot of these small prisons. They are setting up, building up old-fashioned high-security prisons. It's all and and the the the, the services receive less and less resources. Uh, a lack of uh, staff, but there is a long way to go. Yeah, and what about looking at Bastoy then? Um, do you think Bastoy is a a, a well-run, well-developed prison? No, sorry to say no. Uh, this this kind of of changes started uh, long before me. Um, the previous two previous governors started uh, to 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 work on some new ideas. And uh, one of the things that did they transform the uh, what I would call the the farming uh, business on the island. It's a big farm there into um, ecological farming. A lot of good things was done. So I just took over that and started to work uh, to develop this system of principles and to, as a psychotherapist and so on, I started to work with staff 
and it worked uh, after I left uh, in during the last year things has changed dramatically because uh, new uh, administration not particularly on the island but on the regional level and so on have changed the system and a lot of things have collapsed and um, some of the best people who who worked there have uh, left to as a minister of justice a director general or whatever they would call the person who are in charge of the prison services in a country your prison governor you, <laughs> it's a tough job to defend this kind of idea and praxis as I we, we, we talk about. It's not easy. You, you will meet uh, oppositions uh, in, 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 in the way people think, particular politicians, particular people who have never been into prison because the, the, the feeling, the belief in tough treatment, uh, the belief in the law, the justice, so strong and uh, there is certain uh, only one other thing which is stronger but which we don't talk about and that is yours and mine need of revenge and payback yeah uh, in norway then we like to talk about our uh, our uh, forefathers uh, the vikings and say oh they were oh, they were terrible you know that was a time where we really also fight it and and we pay back there and then but uh, we we are humans now we don't do that we have we had we don't have that kind of primitive thinking yes we have if we don't talk about it we we, we talk rather uh, about the, the society's need of uh, security and righteousness and this kind of language instead of talking about uh, the, the reality and it's so hard in us, in, in, in certain politician system and, and parties, these kind of things are so strong. Just look to the United States, for instance, and how they, how they deal with these kind of things. A country which at the same time, or a, a, a part of the world which strongly talk about religion, for instance, they talk about God at the same time. The number uh, of, of executing people to death is rising in that part of our world. Don't ask me how come because I don't have the answer. I just I fear that I know something about it. So when I see that we are back again and we turn our back against the thing which work, I'm sorry, but I I, I do think I know the explanation for it. Too and we need leaders and we need political parties and politicians who dare to stand uh, up and to base their policy on science and research for instance any humanity we need both of these it's it's interesting what you're saying and so sad that you know, you can for years do a lot of good work and make prisons more humane um, recidivism rates can fall. But then it just takes a new party leader coming in who has a tough on crime approach and it unravels all the, the hard work of their predecessors, doesn't it? Yeah, you know that politicians or, for instance, the, a minister of justice, for instance, when when if something goes wrong in the prison. 
just 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 one happening escape for instance it's all over in newspapers immediately but the reality it, it's a small thing but in the news and and then because of the that government that minister is in charge always will be in charge on the top of this kind of thing he said we need to do something yeah instead of being satisfied with that we know that that inmate will soon be back the present or again he says oh we, we need to to hire the uh, security issues immediately so uh, my way of looking at it at the a prison services is uh, their destiny is based on happenings bad happenings they change all the time because of things happen and the politicians they they have to do something to hold their office so 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 there again we are back to this prisons today are very often run by the idea of pleasing the authorities which says put them behind the bars make sure that they are there until the day of the release that is not a difficult job it's very easy just look at uk and other countries we we do that all the time we set up prisons which are more or less impossible to escape from instead of having our focus on how will these people behave after release when they are back in back back in your your village and your neighborhood again there, there is another missing link in the way we think that is why we have this terrible uh, high reoffending rates in in Europe because we are only focusing on on punish them instead of use all the authorities and power which are invested and given uh, to each one of us and as a system to try to support them to change their way of criminal behavior but we don't back in the society the problems the disturbance of in, in that person um, which caused in the first state him or her to conduct crime and end up in prison is probably and we know much more serious after having spent time in prison so in my hand they are more dangerous dangerous yeah some of them are a bigger threat to the society and to themselves and to their families and their relatives and neighborhoods having been into her majesty's prison mm-hmm. but we don't want to, to 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 talk about it yeah <laughs> it's um it's interesting you you seeing that if you don't mind i'm actually just going to mention a quote that you'd said um in a 2016 talk you did, oh, did um oh. i'm i'm paraphrasing here but somebody had come to Bastoy when you were the governor and accused you of running a holiday camp. And in the talk that you you gave in 2016, you'd said, you don't change people by power. For the victim, the offender is in prison. That is justice. Here, we teach prisoners to respect others. It is important that when they are released, they are less likely to commit more crime. That is justice for society. And it's so true what you've just said there compared to how prisons are 
people think that we're protecting them by putting people into prison. And for the meantime, we are. But if we're releasing them and they're institutionalized and they, you know, I've heard of prison being a school of crime sometimes, then I don't think people realize that sometimes these people are actually, as you say, more dangerous when we release them than before they went to prison. Not only schools, it's, it's universities. Of <laughs> yeah, sadly. It's a higher, it's a higher uh, academic criminal school. Mm. And uh, yeah. I said, I, I stick to that. I believe that. I know I'm right. But instead of focusing on these, I would say the principles uh, I, I, I have set down in that wheel of change, um, we continue to, to research, to do research. Uh, and we still continue to think how to do this. And there is done at lot of tremendous good work and we have research reports from all over the world supporting what I have written and said. So we don't lack evidence or we don't lack knowledge. We lack the will and strength uh, by politicians and lawmakers, love lawmakers, sorry, uh, to to stand up and do that change which are needed. We need to have institutions or prisons where it is possible for inmates to do stupid things uh, and fail Why, while uh, when they are there. Uh, having enough with good staff and system and, 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 and services to help them to, to how to learn to live in a society and small local society. So, so the prison should be an arena for developing self-respect, uh, responsibility, uh, skills to participate in a democratic way of running that place. So they, it's a place of training. So when they come back or are released, they have a better possibility to cope in the society, which is quite tough and hard for all of us. That, that, that is my message. And, and we know this. A number of ministers of justice here and in Scotland and, and wherever it is, they know this. This is not so very, this is common sense based though on a tremendous number of resources which has been done. They know it, but do they want to listen to it? Not so far. So what should we do? Well, I'm not a politician. Um, we, we need, that is why I have tried to talk about this again and again. We need politicians. We need lawmakers and, 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 and to be tough enough to realize that we have to face up to the effect that we have lost control. Actually, I've been into a museum in Edinburgh place in Edinburgh, the House of Horror or whatever it was called, <laughs> terrible place, <laughs> showing how they treated criminals in the old days. And we have, we, we did the same in Norway and all other countries. That was the way we handled the things that in that time. So we kept the number down of, 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 of we, we, we kept the crime down. We kept it, we had control because we killed the person as some countries do today. 
that is a way out of it, of course. Um, but in my in my my way of looking at this, that we, we that that is not a very interesting way out of it. I think I don't even believe that that kind of things would work today because just look to certain states in the U U.S. where they do increase the number of that apparently uh, apparently they don't cope with the crime. Yeah. No. It's still growing. So it, 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 I have sometimes used an, a parallel um, to this, talking about the religion. You mentioned about my previous church ministry. Um, uh, in the old days, talking about William Booth or Martin Luther or uh, Calvin or whoever, uh, they filled up the churches very often with scaring people about hell. It worked. The big revivals. It was not only because of people were poor or hungry, but they didn't want to go to hell and be burned forever. Today, that doesn't work no. in the religious world. The only way to fill up a church or these huge, big, empty chapels of England or Scotland would be to 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 make people coming there feeling good, you know, singing songs having joy in that way, in the sense they are able to do that, but just not work with scaring them. Mm -hmm. is it? So the same way we will find in the uh, not a religious society to scare people with saying, if you do that, you go to prison. It helps for me because I am I, I, not down with drug problems or I'm not very mentally disturbed in that way. So I, I, yeah. I, I, I can administrate my life and I, I know that if I break that certain rule, um, I can risk to end up in prison. I don't want that. But for a lot of people, that kind of scaring doesn't work because they are too much into trouble. So they do they do this anyway. Some of them then they, they they do it in spite of and because of because I I give a damn in it they say so that doesn't work. We need to find another way when people first end up with breaking the law and do harms to the 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 the, the, the society which they are a part of. We need to find another way. And there are other ways. I'm not saying that through that thinking or establishing or running that kind of prison, all people who are sent there will return back as uh, some kind of expression we have in Norway, Sunday school kids. I don't, I don't, I don't think that because some of them are too much into mentally disturbed, personally, personal disorder problems, uh, drug problems and so on. But in Norway at least, the number we have of people we have in, in sent to prison every year, most of them do fine with another kind of punishment and they would not be representing a higher threat to the society because of that after release on the opposite. But we do send them to prison. We lock them up. It's the most primitive thing we can do. I'm not saying that we shouldn't punish people. I'm not saying that I'm probably a, a person who really wants to have a, a well-organized society and and it must be consequences for the way I treat my fellow beings. Uh, but I'm, I'm 
raising question about the way we do it because it doesn't work on the contrary. The way a lot of prisons are run now, security is the fundamental thing, static security. And interestingly, in your 12 step principles, security is actually number 12, isn't it? In the way it is, because I'm trying to say that if you adopt um, the other 11 principles I, I write about, the security is taken care of in that way. Because I've all, all also said, uh, and I've seen it work in that way, as more we make use of static security in a prison institution, as more the rise of the needs for more static security occurs. And that is also seen from a psychological point of view, very easy to understand. It's logical. As more we make use of static security, as more we have to increase use of it because it disturbs the mind and the rest of the human being. Instead of decreasing use of static security to more use of, help me, I lost the name, <laughs> the um, dynamic, dynamic, dynamic yes. I, I, I saw this happen uh, when, when people were transferred from a high security prison in Norway into this area, this island and that prison. Some of them had, uh, because we did some research before transfer, uh, they have been involved in some minor uh, problems with their way of behaving in prison, uh, in, in high security, static security prisons. And, uh, but we, we give them the opportunity to come. And after some weeks, they changed their behavior uh, without use of any kind of static security. That's amazing. And, and uh, anyway, I, at, at, for, in my time there for five, five and a half years, we did not have any kind of serious incidents take place. In spite of uh, people who have uh, committed murders and, and all these kind of things. And they worked in the wood with the axe and so on. And do you think that but, was because of the dynamic security that you had at Bastogne? Uh, definitely, definitely. Wow. And sometimes I wouldn't like to talk highly about it, but, but uh, sometimes it might, it might be good luck. I don't know. But I, I really believe we, because we know it works, we see it works. Yeah. But you never know, of course, you, you take a risk. Without taking risks, that is another thing, you know, we, we are not risk takers. Uh, we don't want to do that as uh, official uh, governmental uh, organizations. Uh, I don't know anything about Scotland or, or UK, but in, in Norway, in, in a, whatever you work, the focus is more and more on security. I'm not saying that is bad. Of course, staff working in a hospital or a prison or on the roads should be as safe as possible. But it has taken over in a way. It has been a big business, an organization where we uh, soon you will not be able to just go down the, the corridor without making sure that what is the risk for me falling and breaking my hip. So in that way of thinking in the end, we are, we are, we are put out of work. Nothing can happen. It's a paradox. Yeah.
Um, so final question. I think your article is extremely fascinating. I've read it a number of times um, and I think anybody who's interested in prison reform should definitely read it. Um, where can they, they find a copy of your article? Uh, you find it in, in, in the book uh, named the Routledge Handbook of the Philosophy and Science of Punishment is uh, edited by Farah Fokart, Elizabeth Shaw and Bruce Waller. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, I'll put the I'll put the name of the, the book in the notes as well so that people can um, go and get it. And I highly encourage anybody to do it because it's a very fascinating article. And I really hope that more people take your um, your your article on board and start to make changes in prisons around the world. Thank you for taking interest in in this work. It's one of the most important thing you can do if you would like to. I'm so grateful um, to have met you. I, I just find speaking with you fascinating. I'm grateful to have met you because <laughs> I, I, I can see and I hear your your interest in it. And, and uh, I just hope you will stay there and and do well. And Thank if I you. can help in any way, uh, I would be happy to do so. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. I'd be grateful if you could please rate this podcast in the Spotify or Apple app. If you have experience of working in or living in prisons around the world and would like to be a guest on this podcast, please go to evolvingprisons.com and fill in the contact form to contact me. Thank you.